Welcome to the podcast at thatguitarlover.com. I'm your host, Ross Chevalier. As players of electric instruments, specifically guitar and bass, we've seen the influx over the last several years of amplifier modelers. This isn't news at all for bass players. The Palmer Speaker Simulator was around decades ago, and for a very long time, Getty Lee issued traditional amplifiers for modelers, such as his signature units from Tech 21. Guitarists have seen this for a while as well, with some of these devices designed specifically to go direct to the mixing board and bypass a guitar amplifier entirely, as they already incorporate amplifier simulations via specific chipsets. When DSP or digital signal processing became common in these devices, there was a near immediate backlash saying that they sounded cold and clock-like, with none of the warmth and richness of a traditional amplifier. When pressed, these folks admitted that when they said traditional amplifiers, what they really meant was a tube or valve-powered amplifier. DSP units got the same level of respect as solid-state amplifiers, meaning none at all. For our conversation today, I'm going to use as DSP examples the Line 6 Helix, the Kemper Stage, and the Neural Quad Cortex. I can do this comfortably because I own all three. But I also have ready at hand numerous tube amplifiers dating back to the early 70s from companies including Marshall, Vox, Coke, PRS, Victory, Fender, Rev, and Tone King. I confess to not owning any solid-state amps at this time. Modern DSP units such as those listed have amplifier simulation choices that are very sophisticated and are not solely collections of clones of popular effects like old-style consolidated effects units. These amp sims require a fair bit of processing power, and early versions were susceptible to serious latency making them pretty useless live and challenging in the recording studio. The old ones also did a very poor job of sounding like a real amplifier speaker cabinet. However, things have changed, and with the development of impulse response or IR technology, and the ability to use longer length, measured in time slices, of IRs, it became very easy to sound like the real cabinet. Enhancements in processing power have reduced latency to being no longer an issue. Since most of what we think of as the sound of an amplifier is the output transformer in the speaker cabinet, and the cabinet makes the largest contribution, this combination of high-powered DSP and IR works extremely well. To be sure, there is uniqueness to the preamp and power amp stages in a real amplifier. But based on my own experience, my opinion as of this episode, those elements are successfully achieved today. It's funny to me that a player will be very happy with a Fender Tone Master Super Reverb, but not with a Kemper preset for a Super Reverb, which suggests that the player is looking for something else. After a lot of talking and a lot of testing, I've concluded that the air is a big part of the missing. Some folks just don't feel the air push coming from a digital modeler. Some will say that sims don't sag or have the characteristics of a real amplifier. I don't agree, having done blind testing with excellent players of a real twin reverb, a Marshall JCM, and a Tone King Imperial Mark II, along with their digital counterparts, and the player could not tell the difference when listening to recordings. 
take these amps to a live room and the digital versions sound right, but there was a very common response that they felt different. After some analysis, I came down to seeing this was mostly due to how the digital version was being represented live. When I changed things, specifically by introducing high-powered FRFR cabinets as the output from the digital controllers, in my specific case, the Helix, the Kemper, and the Quad Cortex, those complaints about how the amp felt faded. The FRFRs pushed air. And if their speaker size and cabinet were similar to what was being presented by the IR, the harder it was for people to distinguish the feel between one or the other. In talking to folks who have embraced digital, many only use them with headphones or going direct to the PA mixer. They lost the amplifier experience completely. In fact, we no longer need our guitar or bass amps to be the source of sound for an audience. That was replaced by the PA. And so now many venues demand lower output amplifiers. Whatever the reasons are, this is never going to have the effect of a Fender Twin wound up, or a Marshall, Soldano, or Hi-Watt stack fully cranked if you are close to the amplifier. If you're in the nosebleed section of a show, you're hearing the PA anyway, and the sound of the original amps really isn't getting to you in any way of consequence. Thus, whether you use a real amplifier where the cabinet is mic'd, or run your DSP device direct to the mixing board won't make any difference. Since all IRs involve being created with select microphones and specific microphone placement, you can bring the characteristics of the microphone into your digital sound as well. Consider the excellent Two Notes Torpedo system, whose software allows you to select the microphone used and its placement as part of the overall IR configuration as a good example. In the end, you choose what makes you happy. And if you do that, you're right. However, I would submit that the choice between a physical amplifier and a digital platform is not one or the other. It really is whatever works best for your use cases. We have seen lots of professional, successful musicians go digital, and the only time someone gets their shorts in a knot is when they figure out what method is being used and they've got some emotional aspect of their personality that says, yeah, no, I don't like that. Geddy Lee replaced big amp cabinets with commercial clothes dryers on stage. Later, he replaced them with chicken rotisseries, and no one actually cared that his bass was going through an interface to the PA. Mark Knopfler toured with a Kemper instead of his usual slew of amplifiers. The attendees loved the shows because they came to hear Mark, and he sounded great to their ears. Perhaps instead of setting yourself up in one camp over another, think about your own use cases and what you need out of your amplification system. I admit that putting my quad cortex in a backpack is a much more attractive option to me than humping two 412 cabinets and a 100 watt head up some creaky stairs to the stage. As always, thanks for listening. Please consider subscribing to the articles and this podcast so you get notified when a new one is posted. Until next time, peace.